The following program depicts scenes of murder and violence. Viewer discretion is advised. Words appear sequentially. Crime Crushers Featuring Donna Jordan On whose blind life is it anyway? The Blind Perspective Network Sponsored by VIP Tech Episode 37, Megan's Mystery. Hello there, it's Detective DJ, and welcome to one of our episodes. I know that by now you would have heard the description to this very exciting and traumatic drama, and I know that you just can't wait to get started. However, I just want to make sure that everyone is having a great day and that wherever you are, your day is going well for you. I also hope that you have been having a terrific week and I want to thank you for tuning in to listen to our show. Before starting, I'd like to reintroduce my team to you. Dr. Shay Harrington, who is our resident psychologist. Chip Sanderson, who is our um, investigator and my right-hand person. Dr. Ryan Martini, who is our crime scene specialist. Dr. Nicholas Gasquet, who is our resident pathologist. And Alex Kirchhoff, our resident guru and whiz kid. I always like to start off by describing what is going on moments before the crime takes place. And this mystery is no different. It is an early December evening, a very pleasant one, despite the chilly air. It's not unusual for any December evening to be a chilly one. But winter is here, but so too is Christmas, and everyone knows it. <clears throat> In a crowded shopping mall, all festively decorated, moms and dads are busy shopping with their tiny ones. On a busy street corner, a group of teens are gathered around, and they are gazing longingly at window displays. They're gazing at fancy clothes and flashy electronic products. Outside of a senior's home, Christmas carolers stand poised, ready to ring the doorbell. Yes, Christmas is here and everyone is in the mood. But, a crime has taken place and that's very unfortunate and it's going to spoil the Christmas holidays. The cops have responded to a 911 call and upon arrival they are greeted by concerned neighbors gathered at the front of a small house. 
They had just now heard screams coming from the small house, followed by gunshots. Then someone had seen two men running away from the house. No one was sure as to who had called 911. The house is gaily decorated with strings of Christmas lights stretching across the top of the front of the house. The crowd parts and the cops enter, and they enter very, very cautiously. It does not take them very long to take in the gruesome scene, as the home is small and compact. Before coming upon what they feared they would find, they make sure to check each room as they walk by. The living room is tastefully decorated, and off to one corner there is a lighted Christmas tree with presents underneath the tree. The scent of pine is in the air. Cops walk quickly by. They next encounter a small dining room, and they note that a table has been set for two. There are candles and poinsettias in the center of the table. Christmas is here. Next, they find the kitchen. They halt, and they look, and they're horrified, because lying on the white tiled floor are two people, a male and a female, and they are both dead. It appears that they were in the process of cooking supper. Covered dishes of food are sitting on the counter, along with a bottle of wine, and there is the pleasant odor of a cooked meal. It's lingering in the air as the cops stand there in horror. The back door of the kitchen stands ajar. And the cold air is seeping in. The cops do not have much difficulty in identifying the bodies. They are those of Megan Pinehoff, a young female reporter, and her fiance Andre Lapage, a young private investigator. They have both been shot. Now the gruesome investigation begins. Well, Doctor Shea has something to say about this crime scene, and she is going to give her thoughts as to why she believes the suspect has chosen this particular location to carry out their dirty little crime. She believes that this crime was carried out at the homes of the victim, because it was the best location for the killer, and the occasion was at supper time. And the victim's reason for having been there was that they lived there, and it was after work hours, so naturally the victims would be home. On a cold December evening, 
just before Christmas. Now, according to our chip, he is saying that some of the motives for this crime are as follows. He felt that someone had not wanted Megan and her fiancé to go public with their secret. Someone else had wanted to keep something hidden. That had taken place in their past. And someone else had wanted to keep an investigation undercover that Megan and Andre had recently become involved with. There's always motive for people who want things covered up, who want things hidden, who don't want things to be made public. And this mystery is no different. Shay has developed a profile of the suspect, and her thoughts are as follows. The suspect seemed to have had a purpose in mind. This being to silence Megan Pinehoff and Andre Lapage. They seemed to have been aware of the victim's movements and had known when to strike. Their plan had been murder and nothing less. Chip has done his investigation, has done his homework, and now he's going to share his report with you, and here it is. Based on interviews with Megan's parents, her friends, and stuff taken from her diary, Megan Pinehoff had been a young and promising reporter. She had burst onto the scene about two years ago, and she had already begun to make waves, huge ones at that. Megan had been the lone daughter of Nicholas and Maria Pinehoff, and her parents would tell you very easily and readily that she had been the perfect child. That is, until one day, when she had become very ill and had needed an urgent bone marrow transplant. This is when she had suddenly found out that after all, she was not the real daughter of her dad. She was not the daughter of her dad, Nicholas. Megan's dad was someone else, and now her mom, Maria, was forced to tell her all. But not all had been told to Megan by her mom, and this is why she had decided to leave home and become an investigative reporter. Megan had left home with one main mission in mind, to find her real dad and to confront him. Maria and Nicholas had been forced to tell their daughter the truth. After she had required a blood transfusion and had been told that neither parent had been a match, they had grown up in the same town 
and had attended the same high school. They had become high school sweethearts and had planned to get married after college. But fate had had other ideas. On a high school trip, on a high school trip, Maria had met an older man and for a brief time she had had an affair with this man. Maria had forgotten all about Nicholas and had fallen hard for the older man's lavish gifts and his wonderful gentleman-like treatment. Then she had become pregnant and when she had told the man that she was going to have his child he had told her to get an abortion and in addition that he was happily married with kids. He had not told her this before. And then he had dropped a bomb on her by telling her that up until now he had not been using his real name nor had he told her who he really was so that if she had tried to find him he would she would never be able to do so he had given maria the money to get the abortion but when she had refused he had disappeared into the night leaving maria all alone Maria had been scared. Maria had been confused, and she did not want to tell her parents. She did not know who to turn to, but there was Nicholas. And she had told him everything, leaving out nothing. Nicholas had always loved Maria, and even after she had deserted him for the older man, he had still continued to love her now he had offered to marry her and claim the child as his at first maria was extremely reluctant but with time marching on and maria growing bigger with child she agreed and the two had been married in a small church shortly before the baby arrived they had developed a story to tell their parents who had readily bought it both sets of parents were naturally concerned about the marriage of their kids because they were still very young and barely out of college and with the child on the way both sets of parents worried about how these two young people would make it in the world but nicholas and maria were determined to raise the child and attend college at the same time megan was born a few months after their marriage and fate was kind to the young family She was a Christmas present and a wonderful one. Megan had been told enough of the truth to enable her 
to find her real dad. On learning the truth, Megan had come very angry towards her real dad, and Nicholas and Maria had pleaded with her to let it go. But Megan was bound and determined, and had left home as soon as she was able to. She did keep one promise to Nicholas and Maria. That being to tell no one in their small town about the true identity of her dad. Megan had quickly found work as an investigative reporter in a large city, and had met and had fell in love with Andre Lepage, and he was a young private investigator. Megan and Andre had soon become. A very potent team, both personally and professionally, and Andre had readily agreed to help his fiancée after she had told him about her real dad. But the two had also become deeply involved in other high-profile investigations. <clears throat> Megan and Andre. Had uncovered some very, very explosive info about her real dad, and the more they dug, the more angry they became. <clears throat> Their investigation had took them to lofty heights in both the corporate and political worlds, and within the last few months, they had. Both begun to receive threats on their lives. Some of their friends and co-workers had begun to be concerned for the welfare of the young couple, and Megan's employers had even pleaded with her to stop or slow down her investigation. But Megan had politely declined. Megan's parents had even tried to discourage her from pursuing her dad, but this had only fallen on deaf ears. Nicholas and Maria had even flown down for a visit to their daughter and to meet her fiance Andre. Megan kept saying. That she owed it to her parents to bring him down, and Andre was in full agreement with Megan. Megan and Andre had become known as the gruesome twosome, and for a very good reason. Their employees were extremely delighted with their tenacity and savvy. But of late, they had begun to worry for their well-being. Megan's employers were very aware of the threatening notes, phone calls, and emails that she and Andre had been receiving. There was someone who had wanted Megan dead because she had recently uncovered a secret in his past. And if this secret were to ever be unveiled, 
it could spell the end of a very illustrious and high-profile career. There was some, well, someone else who had also wanted Megan out of the way, because she and Andre had discovered something very scandalous about him and the dealings of his family. And if this were to be made public, it could destroy him and his family. And there was a third person who had also wanted Megan out of the way. Because of recent info that she and Andre had uncovered about him. Info that was condemning and explosive. And if this secret were to ever come out, it could affect others as well. In addition to what her parents had told her about her real dad, Megan had also uncovered something else. Something that her mom had hoped that she would never find out. This info had been found hidden on a thumb drive in one of Maria's dresser drawers. Explosive emails were found on Andre's hard drive and text messages found on his phone were also explosive. Exchanges of emails between Megan and her employers were also found on her hard drive and these were extremely troubling. Finally, a hidden note among Maria's things was also found. That was the investigative report put together by our chip. Again, betrayal, deceit, blackmail, all kinds of things going on here. Chip has identified the following suspects. There was Simon Renberg, a high-profile candidate running for the Senate. Dr. Rene Greshner, and he was a world-renowned surgeon. And Charles Kinder, who was a high-profile banker. Suspects who were high rollers, as they put it, these were the suspects. Dr. Nick Gasquet has identified the following as being the cause of death for both Megan Pinehoff and Andre Lepage. Both Megan Pinehoff and Andre Lepage had been shot at point-blank range and they had both died almost instantly. There were no signs of a struggle, no signs of defensive wounds. The victims may have been caught by surprise. How it might have been done? According to Nicholas, is that the, prob is that the killer may probably have waited until the victims had settled in for the evening and then they had pounced. They had probably gained entry from the backyard and through the back door of the house 
The victims probably never heard them coming, as the howling wind and the thick blanket of snow had combined to buffet their approach. They had used the element of surprise to carry out their crime. Now it's time for me to summarize so that you know we keep you on track and that you don't forget any of the important facts as you try to solve this mystery. So here goes. You know the crime scene. You know that the cops have been called because neighbors heard screams followed by gunshots. And when the cops enter, they walk through a very small but compact little house, which is tastefully decorated. There is a Christmas tree in the room, and in the living room, and in the dining room. There is a table set for two with poinsettias and candles. But then when they get to the kitchen, they discover two bodies lying on white tile floor. The two bodies belong to Megan Pinehoff and Andre Lepage, and they have both been shot. Okay. And the location is that it took place at the home of Andre and Megan. The occasion was that they were both home for the evening after a, a day's work. And the reason for them being there is that, you know, they lived there. Profile of the suspect, as put forth by Dr. Harrington, is that the suspect seemed to have had a purpose in mind. This being to silence Megan Pinehoff and Andre Lepage. They seemed to have been aware of the victim's movements and had known when to strike. Their plan had been murder and nothing less. We have identified the suspects for you as put forth by Chip, Simon Renberg, a high-profile candidate running for the Senate, Dr. Rene Greshner, a world-renowned surgeon, and Charles Kinder, a high-profile banker. Now, Alex has some important questions for you to consider when you start off to try and solve this mystery. And his first question is always this one. Who could have had the greatest motive to kill Megan? Which of the suspects did not want his secret unveiled in public? Which of the suspects could have had a secret in his past? And which of the suspects did not want Megan's investigation to go forward? What sort of additional info could Megan have uncovered that her mom may not or would not have wanted her to know? And how about the secret note found among Maria's things? Hmm... Did this relate to what Megan had uncovered? And what about the text messages found on Andre's iPhone? And who could they have been from? Plus the emails found on his hard drive. Finally, 
the emails found on Megan's iPhone from her employers. Could they have been important to solving the crime? Who do you think was Megan's dad? And could he have been involved in the killing? Now some of these questions may not be ones that you could answer right off the bat, but they do make you think long and hard. Right? So what I'd like to do now is just go back to the description of this mystery so that it again brings you back on track and gives you that chance to maybe fit some pieces into the puzzle. All right? So you have the description and you know that Megan was on a mission and you know that the crime scene, what it was. You know about the suspects, who they were, a high-profile banker, um, a world-renowned surgeon, and a politician running for the Senate. And you know about the important questions that uh, Alex has raised, these being, who could have had the greatest motive to kill Megan? Which of the suspects did not want his secret unveiled in public? Which of the suspects could have had a secret in his past? Which of the suspects did not want Megan's investigation to go forward? And what sort of additional info could Megan have uncovered that her mom would not have wanted her to know? And then the secret note found among Maria's things. Did this relate to what Megan had uncovered? What about the text messages found on Andre's iPhone? And who could they have been from? And the emails found on his hard drive. And finally, the emails found on Megan's iPhone from her employers. Could they have been important to solving the crime? And who do you think was Megan's dad? And could he have been involved in the killing? So you have all these things to consider, the crime scene, the suspects, the investigation, and now it's time for you to go forth and try putting these little pieces together. But I have some more things to tell you. According to Dr. Ryan Martini, who has gathered some additional evidence, you can use this to keep trying to solve this mystery. The additional info that Megan had discovered and had placed in her thumb drive or on her thumb drive were as follows. Maria had been raped by Megan's father and had become pregnant with Megan. The hidden note that was found among Maria's things confirmed this. On the night of the killing, Megan and Andre had been celebrating Megan's birthday. Andre was being blackmailed by one of the suspects. 
and seemed to have been having trouble making up his mind as to whether to take a bribe or to be loyal to his fiancée. Megan's employers were being threatened, and they had told Megan about it. They had been pleading with Megan to cease her investigations, but she had been refusing. They had told Megan that they had believed that killers had been hired to get rid of her and Andre. It's time for you to know a bit more about the suspects, and Chip has provided us with the following. First, Simon Renberg. Simon was now at the top of his political career and did not need any scandal or past secrets to get in the way of his aspirations. Simon had not gotten to the top, not just by his charms and good looks. No, he was ruthless. Got and took whatever he wanted and did not care who he had to hurt in order to get it. Simon had come from a very wealthy family and his parents had had very high hopes for him. This had included a stay at the White House. At one time, Simon had been a reckless youth, getting into several scrapes with the law, but thanks to his wealthy dad, he had somehow managed to avoid the eyes of the press, let alone jail. This trend had lingered into his adulthood, even after he had been married. And now he was determined to stop Megan and Andre from snuffing out his career. Dr. Rene Greshner <clears throat> was a world-renowned surgeon, and often enough his face had been plastered on the pages of magazines and newspapers. Dr. Greshner had been married for many years now, but this had not prevented him from having several affairs. He was well known for starting one affair after another, often dumping an older woman for a younger one. This, however, had been extremely hard to prove as the good doctor had been very careful to cover his tracks. Of course, his wife knew, but she had chosen to put up with Dr. René because he had kept her in a lofty lifestyle. Hmm. Megan and Andre had also stumbled on this and had been getting ready to tell all but there was no way that the good doctor would have this. And he had sworn to himself to get rid of these two young pests. Charles Kinder had been a high-profile banker 
And he was extremely successful on the international scene. He was very well respected in his field and had traveled the world as part of his job. Charles Kinder did not get to the top of his career without having had to grease several palms, so to speak. He too had come from well-off parents, but he had also had to work very hard in order to climb the ladder. Charles Kinder was a very ambitious man with something explosive to hide. He honestly felt that his employers owed him a lot in return for his hard work. And a few years ago, he had begun to feel strongly that he was not being recognized enough for his efforts. Accordingly, he had set about to set up to develop an elaborate scheme to be, to fraud multiple international banks of millions of dollars, and he had had no difficulty in obtaining ready help. The scheme had been a well thought out one and had started to pay off almost immediately. However, as they say, nothing lasts forever. And thanks to Megan and Andre, he was now facing exposure and fall from grace. Charles Kinder's associates had begun to put pressure on him to get rid of Megan and Andre and they had presented him with a simple plan to do so. Charles Kinder knew that if he did not act soon, the repercussions would be enormous. A scandal of massive proportions would be unveiled, and there would be long jail sentences for him and his associates. Wow! Three high-profile suspects all involved in this crime. Alex has developed some sort of scenario with regard to what could have been going on through the eyes of the killer. And he has this to offer. He is saying that the killer knew that in order to get rid of the victims, he could not act alone. So, he had to hire help to do his dirty work. He knew that no matter what, it had to be done. And he felt that having it done at Megan's and Andre's home would be the best way. It would be safe, clean, and would have the best success, or the best chance of succeeding. He would provide the relevant information to the assassins and leave it up to them to do the rest. He would use his considerable wealth to accomplish this and he would make sure that his tracks would be well covered. Wow. The arrest. 
The late December morning was tinged with icy cold air, and the sun was of a pale yellow color when the cops came for the suspect. Fat snow crunched as pedestrians walked on the sidewalks, and some drivers were having difficulty staying on the greasy roads. It was a relatively quiet morning as many were staying home on this day, when a few brave souls chose to venture outdoors. The cops had waited for the suspect to complete his shopping in an electronics store. He had just purchased a new iPad and was coming out of the store when the cops nabbed him. There were not many people around in the mall and the suspect went very quietly. Hmm. Well, can you guess who was arrested? Was it Simon Renberg, the man with the checkered past, and some possible secrets that needed to be kept quiet? Was it Dr. Renee Greshner, a man also with a checkered past, who needed to keep his affairs quiet as well? Or was it Charles Kinder, a man who had been the mastermind of an elaborate scheme? Standing room only was the order of the day as the defendant was led in, and he was dressed in a dark suit with a white button-down Oxford shirt. And Maria and Nicholas sat motionless, staring straight ahead as he took his place beside his lawyer. Andre's family was not as quiet as his mom broke down and his two sisters began to sob loudly. Andre's dad and two brothers had to console them. Loud whispers could be heard resonating through the courtroom, but everyone had fallen silent when the judge had appeared. The prosecution proffered the following case. The defendant had helped to carry out his crime, and he had planned it all. He did not want his dirty little secret to be exposed, and would go to all ends to stop it from being exposed. The defendant had hired someone to do it, and had paid them handsomely to do it. However, the defendant had not given the assassin his true identity, as he had carried out his transaction strictly via email and by cell phone. He had paid the assassin the agreed sum of money by leaving it for him in a designated cubicle of a man's washroom of a pre-assigned restaurant 
clandestine. Defendant had supplied info for the assassin to do his job, and the assassin had employed a friend to help him out. First, the assassin had sent threatening emails to Megan's employers. Next, they had tried to bribe Andre with lots of money to get him to shut up and stop helping his fiancée. And at first, Andre had seemed to waver, but then he had turned down the bribe. And this had angered the assassin. The assassin had then used his contacts to discover where Megan and Andre were living and had planned their killing to take place on Megan's birthday. The assassin had felt that this would be a nice touch to his handiwork. Megan's thumb drive was produced as evidence to tie the defendant to the crime, that being the dirty little secret that she had uncovered. And her mother had been forced to testify under duress with regard to the note that was found among her things. This was the one little detail that she had not told her daughter, Megan. And she had been appalled to learn in court that Megan had known about this. Now the story was out. Megan had been the product of rape. The assassin testified that indeed the defendant had hired him and had paid him a boatload of money to kill Megan, and that there would be a huge bonus for him if he had also killed Andre. The court had reacted with shock when the assassin disclosed how much he had received. Megan's employers testified as to the cases that Megan and Andre had been working on at the time of their murders. Documents pertaining to the investigation against the defendant were also brought into evidence, and the findings from Megan and Andre were also revealed, but the defense offered the following. Hmm. Of course they were not guilty. The defendant said he was not guilty. They could never have offered that sum of money to anyone as they did not even have that amount of money. The defense challenged the assassin to identify the defendant visually, asking how could he have done so when they had never met face to face. The defendant never denied the charge of rape, but vehemently denied that he was Megan's dad. <clears throat> He kept insisting that he had never hired anyone to kill anyone. The defense also challenged the prosecution to prove that the defendant had actually handed over money to the assassin. Finally, the defendant asked the jury to consider that maybe, and just maybe, 
someone else could have hired the assassin to kill Megan and Andre. And they subpoenaed copies of all of all the investigations that Megan and Andre had been working on at the time of their deaths. These were all revealed in court and needless to say bombshells were ignited. The defense sought to cast doubt on the prosecution's case by asking the jury to consider that any of the other investigations could have led to the killings of Megan and Andre. Well, I guess defendants always do this and it's probably the best offense to a defense, as they say. Hmm. Let's continue on. Alex always tries to get into the minds of the jury and here's what he is thinking that the jury, jury sorry, should be pondering. Was this enough to convict the defendant on the strength of the assassin's testimony? What about the lack of face-to-face -face identification? What about the lack of evidence with regard to the huge sum of money that the assassin had received from the defendant? Where was the proof that it had come from the defendant? These are very potent questions that need to be pondered and thought carefully about before responding. We sent our chip to mingle with the crowd outside of the court and here's what he reported back to us. More people seem to be talking about the bombshells that had been dropped in court rather than who really killed Megan and Andre. The bombshells were dynamite and would later destroy the careers of two high-profile men. Opinions seemed to think that the defendant was guilty. And the consensus was that the defendant had had the means to hire the assassin along with motive for wanting to do it. Chip took a strapple and there was a 60-40 split for a guilty verdict. The yes is saying that the defendant had had the means and motive. And the nays is saying that there was too much doubt. The verdict was not guilty by reasonable doubt. And now the police had to start all over again. Oh my goodness. So who was the real killer, folks? Who do you think did it? Hmm. For whereas the prosecution had charged Dr. Renee Greshner with the crime, it was Simon Renberg who had planned and masterminded it. 
He had almost succeeded on pinning it on Dr. Rene Greshner. And the story follows. When Simon Renberg, the aspiring senator, had found out that Megan and Andre had started to investigate him, and that Megan was determined to expose her real dad, he knew that he had to do something. And he hatched his plan after having read that the two were also investigating Dr. Renee Greshner and Charles Kinder. Simon had had his office carry out their own investigations, and he had discovered that there was a secret in the doctor's past that could be used to hide his own misdeeds. True it is that he was indeed the dad of Megan, but he had not raped Maria. True it is that Dr. Rene Greshner had done so, and he had done it one evening during the time when Maria had been having her affair with Simon. It had happened one night when Maria had had too much to drink, and Dr. Rene had pounced. When he could not help himself, when he saw a young, bright, and beautiful female, and had taken advantage of her vulnerability. As at that time, Maria had been having some problems with Simon. Maria had told all of this to Nicholas, and the two had come up with a story to pin the blame on Dr. Rene Greshner. Nicholas and Maria had known all along that Simon had been Megan's dad, and not Dr. Rene Greshner. But Maria had never known that Megan had somehow managed to unravel the entire mystery about her true dad. Maria had been totally surprised to learn in court that Megan had known that she, Maria, had been raped. For whereas Maria had testified that Dr. Rene had indeed raped her, but she did not say in court that he was not Megan's real dad. The prosecution had never really pressed her on this fact, and she had never really offered any explanations. Simon had hired an assassin to do his dirty work, but he had taken great care not to divulge his identity, and had covered his tracks extremely well, paying in cash and leaving the money for the assassin without having any face-to-face -face contact. This seemed to be Simon's mode of operation throughout his life, always to conceal his identity whenever he became involved in misdeeds and underhanded affairs. The cops did not have much difficulty unraveling the rest of the mystery. Staff members in Simon's office were only too eager to talk. 
as many had come to dislike him. The rest, as they say, is history. That's it for me for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this particular episode. I want to wish you a great day, a great week, and please do not forget to keep on smiling. I'm Donna Jodham, also known as Detective DJ, wishing you a terrific day. Take care, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Bye-bye. This has been Crime Crushers. On whose blind life is it anyway? The Blind Perspective Network. Catch Crime Crushers every Wednesdays. On whose blind life is it anyway? Sponsored by VIP Tech.